Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. everybody, this is Sean Martin. You're very welcome to a new episode of Redefining Cybersecurity here on ITSP Magazine Podcast Network Live, kind of, sort of, from uh, the show floor here in London for InfoSecurity Europe. And uh, the second day here, the, the buzz, the energy is still high. The, the, the people are running around, grabbing stuff, having good conversations. The keynotes are going, the panels are going, the fireside chats are going, and speaking of fireside chats... Bridget Kenyon has a fireside chat later on supply chain, and Bridget, I'm grateful for you to be here on the show with me today. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm great and, to uh, be here. Yeah, and I mean, supply chain, how much more exciting can that be, right? Um, well, Sean, <laughs> these days, um, yeah, it's in the news, it's everywhere. It, yeah. is, it is the topic of the month, and possibly, if we're really unlucky, the topic of the year right. for uh, information security. I tend to say information security because I'm old school, so forgive me. Yeah, and uh, well, actually, one of our hosts is here, and he had a conversation yesterday talking to somebody about IT security, information security, cybersecurity. Oh, don't get me what, started. I know. What's the <laughs> difference? So maybe that's another conversation I, we can have. I have like hours and hours of thoughts on that subject. Yes. Largely yeah. because I've watched the word cyber appear, mm. and I saw where it came from, and it, it's just like, okay, fine, it's trendy, and everybody's using it. I am getting on the bandwagon with everybody else, and I am paddling with everybody else these days. I was sort of hanging on behind, going, "No, no, I'm not getting on." But no. Yes, mine, mine is the, the term hacker. Is uh-huh. good yeah. hackers, bad hackers. Anyway, cracker. Why aren't yeah, you using right. the term cracker anymore? <laughs> so we're not here to talk about that. But what I what I want to do is talk quickly about uh, who Bridget is. What do you do? What are you yeah, up yeah. to? And then we'll get into the whole fun of supply chain. So, who's Bridget? Yeah, so I started off in physics, would you believe, uh, which was a great idea, except it turned into statistics, which is really not my thing. So I ended up in an engineering firm, and I didn't really know where I was going. And I saw an advert for uh, network vulnerabilities working at DERA in Malvern. So, you know, very information security, except that that term didn't even exist. So I sort of started the job as an apprentice, effectively, and I loved it. absolutely loved every part of it. It was thinking like the bad guy, it was being really creative, trying new stuff. Nobody had been there before. It was like, you know, exploring the Antarctic, only you didn't actually have to get cold and wet and, you know, possibly die of exposure and starvation. (laughs) So, yeah, it was all the good stuff without all the bad stuff. And and really that's what's carried me through my career. I've tried lots of different things. I I actually did some hands-on information for IT. Um, support. So I was a network engineer and systems administrator for Linux and also Windows briefly, um, and an IT manager. And I felt like I needed that to make me feel like I could have a say in the conversation. When somebody started talking about a vulnerability or, you know, should you patch or should you do this upgrade, if I hadn't been in the position of the operational staff and had to deal with that question, I felt that I didn't have the right to engage with them from the security's perspective because I hadn't seen where they were coming from. Mm. So I went and I got the jobs and I tried, you know, did the roles. And now I'm sort of back where I'm comfy. And now you're, you're a cyber IT security officer. Um, Chief Information Security Officer. 
I'm messing with you. <laughs> Close enough. But, uh, no, I was, yeah. no, I was messing with the words, of course. But uh, now let's. Um, so, why supply chain? Why? I mean, you're part of a fireside chat today. I'm yeah. interested in your thoughts of how you think that's going to go, and, yeah. and why? Why are you part of that that um, session today? I think it's because I, I get interests. Hmm. You know, I, I'm. I'm one of some of my sort of background interests is behavioural security and um, behavioural economics and how people behave in a way that is more efficient and therefore more intuitive. And if you don't align security with that, then people will just slide around security. But another area is supply chain. And I mean, behavioural economics feeds into that because of the way people make choices, how you choose a supplier, how you then engage with that supplier thereafter. But I think the main thing about supply chain is just how hard it is and it, I like that sort of thing it's complex it's difficult it's a mixture of technology and people and processes and it's there's a whole load of sort of social stuff and business stuff inside it and I like the fact that it all fits together and it's it's all really quite messy and right. finding see if we can find a, a nice sort of silver line to fo- help us follow through this problem very international as well Mm. And the first thing I think of, even though I'm, I'm a software engineer by early trade and, yeah. and so I do have a software mind, but when I think yeah. supply chain, my first thought is yeah. like the automobile supply chain where it's a bunch yeah. of parts coming together and on, on an assembly line. Yeah. Uh, your view of that, how we, how we started yeah. with supply chain in the physical manufacturing world and yeah. how things are different now. Yeah. Perhaps in the software world. It's, yeah, it's, a lot of it is now, is now services. And it's like um, it's like Russian dolls. Each service is inside another service. So you buy a service from a supplier, and they're buying a service from a supplier, and they're buying service from a supplier, and it can actually run around in a big circle. So you are actually a supplier to one of your suppliers. Right. And then if you look at it in more detail, you discover that obviously you don't just have one supplier, and neither do your suppliers. So then you start thinking maybe it's more like a network. It's not a supply chain, it's a supply network. Um, and I have, have progressed from this. I have, I have matured my understanding of the supply chain from being a supply chain to us being a supply network. And now I call it a supply tangle. Because that's <laughs> frankly the only way you can imagine it right now. It's a mess and it's definitely not just yeah. two dimensions. Yeah, I love that visual because, I mean, what we've seen, I'm sure you've seen yeah. it, third party risk management was a thing, yeah. right? Well, what about second party? What about nth yeah. party? Which then became a thing. But still, that yeah. assumes a chain or a link, a yeah. line. I like of to some think of sort. string yeah. because you can have knots in string and it could right. get tangled and get really untidy and you can join it to other pieces of string. And okay, imagine you're an ant and you're on a ball of wool. I often do that. Yeah, I mean it's it's something we do every day. It's it's part of one's mindfulness practice. That's right. But anyway, so imagine you're an ant and you're on a ball of wool. And now imagine somebody's tangled that ball of wool up. So you know the cat's been at it for example. Mm-hmm. And now imagine, if you will, that you're either very short-sighted or it is foggy. You can only really see one sort of hop in any direction. So that's what we've got in supply chains. You know there's this really complicated tangle, but you can't see into it. You can see your direct suppliers because you have a contractual relationship with them. They won't let you inside their environment necessarily to the level maybe you'd like, but you can see them. You can control them via contracts, via agreements, Potentially, you have agreements that allow you to, for example, walk in at no minute's notice and give them, actually do a um, security test. I'm not saying that's a great idea, but I'm saying that some contracts do contain those right. sorts of provisions. Certainly in the healthcare space. Yeah, it's, 
it's a good way of giving yourself that level of visibility but again that's only one hop you go beyond that you go beyond the, the little tiny thing that your little ant can see and there's a sort of unknown mass of, of wriggly wool full of potentially all sorts of nasty things so what um i mean it's a million dollar question of course mm. what what do you see is kind of the way forward i mean it's what, what we're talking about here is visibility mm. right yeah. at least awareness that you need to look mm. and then the ability to look right? yeah and then of course ability to act after that but yeah well, so how do we do we need to focus still on the first step on awareness um, are we stuck there still or? well this awareness that there's, there's lots of different vari variations that of a, the word awareness that, here that there's a problem there that needs to be yeah. resolved yeah i mean it, it, awareness comes first yeah. um if you've come across the uh, methodology for organize for organizational and individual change it's called adcar uh, awareness desire knowledge ability and reinforcement you have to do it in that order if you don't have an awareness that there isn't a problem then you're not going to be able to do anything about it. But you need desire as well. People want to change. Right. Then you, they have to know how to change. Then they have to have the ability, because you might know that you have to install antivirus, thinking on a personal level, but you might be sitting in front of your computer going, there's 50 different search results. Some of these are probably actually virus. It's not antivirus. Where do I go? That's your knowledge. And then you have, so that's the ability. And then you have reinforcement where you keep doing stuff and then you get better at it. Um, so I think awareness is, a, is important. But if we flip it and start talking about the back to our ball of wool with the ant, the ant is never going to be able to see beyond the next sort of stage in that ball of wool, the next knot, if you like. However, why don't we think about what can see the whole ball of wool? One thing that can see the whole ball of wool is um, independent organisations. So, for example, auditing organisations and governments. So what you need is potentially an, an impartial observer that can see or be permitted to see relevant parts of that ball of wool. So you, the ant, can't see it, but you know the, the, um, the knitter, shall we say, right. is looking down on the ball of wool and going, right, okay, I can see there's some problems over there. We're going to deal with it. Little ant, you're fine. And by the way, I don't want to knit you into my sweater, please. <laughs> That's right. I love that view as well, because now I'm picturing the knitter as well, yeah. right? Different balls of yeah, we could argue that each, that each government has its own ball of wool, right. but then you'd have a horrible possibility that you've actually thrown it all together in one big bucket labelled, right. we have a completely connected, yeah. interconnected system of yeah. third parties. Yeah, and where, where I struggle, I mean, I love that idea, because mm. the visibility of the ball, mm. uh, perhaps you, it's... But from that perspective, then it's hard to see inside. Yes, right? there like, are some like things you ant, don't know. You don't know. Right, like the ant has a very good view of that of part. Just that little piece. Um, and then the thing I always end up coming to, uh, like the healthcare space, has good awareness and good models and good mm -hmm. contracts and some some tools and things. But they also have regulation that I feel yeah. puts a lot of pressure on small companies that are trying to innovate and do a good thing. And in healthcare, it's all about providing patient care, right? Yeah, but you really want to, you want to know that the patient care you're providing is what you intended to provide. Right. So reliability and trustworthiness mm -hmm. are an absolute foundational element of medical care. And if you take that away and say, all we want is agility, you'll have some great breakthroughs and some really dead people. And that's not a trade-off that no. anyone's willing to make right now. So, I wanted to touch maybe a little bit on the, the 
because what you just said reminded me of the idea of data as part of the supply chain. Right? So it's not ah, just. Are you talking data or information? Well, data uh, and information. Data. Data is information without context. That's right. As they say. So it goes data, information, knowledge, wisdom. Right. If you go up the pyramid. Yeah. I love that. And then, and then everything is API driven these days as well, right? Kind well, of the service. It's kind of nice. It, it means you've got right. a way in that's well understood. It means that you are deliberately treating the application as a black box right. and it's got a little sort of hook and you know what hook, what you want to hook to it. Right. As long as we can understand that the hook's only doing what it And you can't see inside. To, you right. don't really know what yeah. it's doing. Yeah. So any, any thoughts on how we, because that to me is like the, the mm -hmm. ultimate minuscule ant view of yes. things. Yes, yeah, the ants know about the, the hooks. That's right. So it is it, and, and the other point is uh, kind of scaling all this stuff. So yes, an entity overseeing it, um, but that information inside has to come from somewhere, so which means it's distributed by, is it each yeah. individual organization, or are there entities yeah. within different sectors? We've well, um, got a, a bigger problem, which is that the definition of what is correct and sufficient is um, to a certain extent geographic and based on, on law. And that's something that, you know, like the internet, it has a geographical element that people tend to forget until you ask the question, do I own my personal data, for example? And certain countries, you don't. Other countries, you do. So the laws, the requirements, and the definition of what is adequate security varies completely. So, yeah, it, it's not a problem. I tend to... When it comes to that particular problem, I am afraid I'm one of those people who just stands back and admires it. I haven't worked out how to solve it. Right. So let's speak to, as we wrap here, mm -hmm. your fellow CISO, Chief yes. Information Security Officer. Um, let's give them something. I, I like to look operational. Yeah. Yeah. What, what can we leave them with um, for their own internal mm. third party, nth party, whatever, yeah. supply chain risk management program? I think the, the most important thing, aside from actually knowing who your immediate third parties are, and that is a quite difficult, quite a challenging problem, focus on what you can control and what you should be controlling. There is a tendency to try and remote manage your third party suppliers, to try and write their policies for them, or um, run their penetration tests for them. Step back, let them have the agency, but require them to prove to you that they are doing what they say they are doing and make sure that you know where their responsibilities end and yours start. Which things are they doing for you that you require them to do to your standards? And which things are actually, are they thinking you're going to be doing? Because if there's a gap, that's actually possibly worse because then nobody is, for example, and I pick an example that I've actually lived through, no one is in fact patching the servers. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of the same challenges you face in your own role within your own organization, yeah. they're facing as well. So, yeah. do, you, do you find or feel that a meaningful conversation goes a long way in terms? Because I feel we, we tend to rely on well, contracts, which are very impersonal, right? Mm. And tools, which we blindly trust to some degree, mm. versus a conversation. And yeah. I'm not saying get rid of the other two, but starting with a conversation where you have a good rapport and understanding of yeah. what their mindset is and how they think and, and yeah. how, perhaps hopefully how they act as well. I think yeah, that's this, important. I think you're right, it is those, those three things. 
the, the tools, the form, formal contracts, and then the relationships that you have with the, for example, your counterparts in the supplier companies, or your counterparts in your customer companies. Because most organizations are in some way going to be a supplier right. to a customer. Otherwise, how are they deriving value? So uh, it's, it has to be all three, but I would say the, they each have their role and their value. If you have a contract, you have something foundational that underpins exactly where the responsibilities lie and where the buck stops and where who does what. And that is really important. If you have tools, then you have a method for determining in, part, in a very impartial sense whether certain things are as they are expected to be. But tools will only check what they're capable of checking and that not, might actually not be what you value. The relationship is the glue that holds it all together, that enables you to you know, stretch something or interpret something or understand something or give somebody a bit of extra room to do something because yes, they are trying, they haven't quite met what the contract needs, but in fact, you're comfortable with the risk right now and they have a route to get to where you want them to be. So, yeah. Well, thanks, Bridget, for uh, taking my brain and turning it into a big ball of yarn this morning. <laughs> At least um, I could do. With the, my brain's the size of an ant, by the way, so uh, you, you've well, made me think. think. Proportionately, probably <laughs> that's a good thing. You know, ants probably have quite large brains proportionately. Oh, very good. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, I'll take that. And fabulous meeting, fabulous chatting with you. And uh, Thank you for your look, time. look forward to your panel and your fireside chat there. And uh, you're very welcome anytime. Want to talk about this or anything else? And uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24.